So I left that conference really excited and, and encouraged that the church was talking about evangelization, but I wasn't clear on what she actually meant by it. Welcome to the Missionary Disciple Podcast by Catholic Christian Airreach. The aim of this podcast is to inspire, equip, and challenge you, our listener, to be an active and effective evangelist. I'm your host, Gerhard, a missionary here with CCO. Today's episode is on clear and simple, how to have conversations that lead to conversion by Andre Renier. With me today is Andre, and we have a conversation on his latest book, and this was an, actually an excerpt from a live stream we did for our alumni. If you're an alumni of CCO and you are not yet aware of our alumni Facebook group, in Facebook, search Catholic Christian Airreach Alumni. It is a closed group, but just ask to be invited and one of our missionaries will uh, get you back in. Before we get started, if you have any questions about evangelization, please email us at podcast at cco.ca and we'll get around to answering them in a future episode. All right, let's dive in. Andre, welcome. Before we get going, I need to explain why I'm wearing this shirt. Okay, why are you wearing this funky shirt with yeah. buses, palm yeah. trees? We did this live feed mm -hmm. a, a week ago, and I watched it, and I saw that my face, and you know, it's it's. I've heard people comment on my face, the way my my mouth and my whole face presents itself to the world is I look grumpy all the time. I look like I'm angry or frustrated. You know, I'm squinting. And so, you know, when people, you know, watch me, they go, okay, what's wrong with Andre? Mm -hmm. He seems to be angry, mm -hmm. disappointed. And so it's distracting. And so I, I'm wearing this shirt so people would see who I really am on the inside. So the, the shirt's almost a sacramental. It's it's an external reality pre reflecting an internal reality. Uh, you know, very theological. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is just practical. It's like I want you to know that this is not the real me. This is the real me. Mm -hmm. So what you're going to get today is not this, but hopefully this. Ho hopefully a lot more of the funky shirt. Yes, the funky yeah. shirt. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Andre, uh, your new book, Clear and Simple, How to Have Conversations That Lead to Conversion, is coming out next week on Wednesday. We are releasing it. Tell me, why Why did you write this book? What? Where does this book come from? Well, this book comes from a lot of conversations that we've had over the last 30 years. Um, for anybody that knows who CCO is, uh, we're a movement dedicated to evangelization. So we've always, always uh, talked about and tried to implement um, evangelization um, with university students, but just in general, we just wanted evangelization to be an, uh, uh, not just a slogan, but an activity mm -hmm. that people are actually evangelizing um, with and with friends and you know uh, parishioners or whoever you you encounter. But we've been um, frustrated, um, at least I have been, over the years uh, because I'm happy to to say that the church is becoming more and more engaged and comfortable with evangelization as being its primary mission. Mm -hmm. But I, I've often um, heard and I've uh, you know, been in many conversations and it seems like evangelization is more of a slogan or something that people want to talk about but aren't necessarily knowing how to mm -hmm. evangelize. It seems more mystical or um, something that only a few can do mm -hmm. 
And I wanted people to see that evangelization, if it is truly, you know, our, our deepest identity as Catholics is what we, what we've been called to by by the church and by Christ Himself to go and make disciples to evangelize. Um, I wanted this book to communicate to all Catholics wanting mm. to evangelize um, that it, it is not a mysterious um, and intimidating practice or activity, but it's actually quite, um, it, it can be quite natural. Mm -hmm. That it could be something that is part of the, my natural conversation with the people around me. Uh, so the book is really about demystifying um, evangelization, conversion, and helping people see that it's, it's, it's doable. Yeah. And at the beginning of the book, you tell the story of yourself and Angel in Rome for a, a meeting on evangelization. And there's other leaders for evangelization from all over the world there. Can you share with us that story? Like, it sounds like it was a very profound moment for for you, just the, the experience you had. Can you tell us more? Well, it was. I mean, anytime you're in Rome for a, a gathering uh, hosted by uh, the church, I mean, it's a profound moment. And yeah. so we were honored to be there amongst all these giants um, throughout the world, these communities and and these movements that have had quite a significant impact on the church in the last 50 years. Um, so the, the theme of the conference was the culture of encounter. Mm -hmm. And so what everyone was talking about evangelization, about conversion, and um, anything associated with the church making itself more available to the periphery. Mm -hmm. I, I was excited, fascinated by the conversations. Mm -hmm. um, I was moved by many of the presentations. But what, what really stood out for me is, and, and sometimes at certain points I was frustrated uh, by um, what I was hearing, was we were talking a lot about encounter, conversion. And people were saying how important it is and it's what the, the, the periphery is looking for is real encounter with Christ and, and the church. But what I was hearing was more um, how important it is mm -hmm. and we need to engage in it more. And testimonies of how encounter changed a person's life. But what I was not hearing was what is encounter? Like, explain to me how one has a conversion. Yeah. Um, did I have a conversion? If I didn't, uh, how would I know I didn't? Mm -hmm. Or how would you know you had? Yeah, exactly. So if we are to bring what was being said in here, these, uh, these questions need to be answered mm -hmm. or at least discussed. So what do we really mean by conversion? You know, is there um, is there a catechesis of conversion or or of of encounter? Mm -hmm. And I wasn't hearing that, um, so I left that conference really excited and, and encouraged that the church was talking about evangelization, but I wasn't clear on what she actually meant by it. Mm -hmm. So it was it's still a confusion a confusing kind of idea. Mm -hmm wasn't clear to me. Yeah. So you've talked about two terms, encounter and conversion. Now, before I joined CCO, I often thought that encounter with God was a conversion or that like it, to me, they're both, both the same thing. If you have an encounter, well, it's a conversion or if you have a conversion, it's an encounter. 
Is that the case or are encounter and conversion actually two different events? Well, uh, you bring up a really good question. And uh, what I'm about to say, uh, I'm not saying that I'm an expert in this mm -hmm. area, but this is where the, com uh, the conversation needs to go. The discussion mm -hmm. needs to go. What do we really mean when we, when we talk about encounter and conversion? Are they the mm -hmm. same thing? I would say from my vantage point and my experience is that we need to separate the two. And why I mean that is um, that I, I would look at a conversion encounter uh, with God, you know, our relationship with God as being expressed or shown or there's an icon of the way we function in relationships on earth. Okay. And the highest, the most intense relationship we have is the, uh, the relationship we find in marriage. Mm -hmm. So let's just uh, use that as an example, the icon of, of marriage. Well, when I met Angèle, I encountered Angèle, my first few encounters were pretty special. Mm -hmm. uh, one, my heart was captured mm -hmm. very early on because my encounter with her is and what I learned in those early days is that she, she had a sense of humor that attracted me. Yeah. I mean, she was beautiful. So that also captured my mm -hmm. heart. But the more and more I got to know her, my heart was being captured by her. Yeah. Every encounter I had with her um, drew me closer and closer mm -hmm. to her. But I wasn't, I wasn't married to her. Yeah. You know, you know, we didn't, the sacrament of marriage hadn't happened. The two of us weren't one. Mm -hmm. So these encounters were essential for the big commitment that I made on October 15th, 1988, when I said yes, and she said yes to me mm -hmm. in the sacrament of marriage. I would say the same thing with God is that through my, my story, um, talks and um, my testimony speaks of that. I had many encounters growing up. Mm -hmm. profound encounters with God that, you know, if one read it or if I, if I shared these encounters with you, you'd say, there was a young boy, a very spiritual young boy mm -hmm. that was close to God, close to the church, but that wasn't the case. My, you know, my encounters didn't ref were not reflected in the way I lived my life. Mm. But it was in 1982 that these encounters led me to a place where I actually made a decision. And that decision, that intentional decision to place Christ or to make Christ a priority in my life, mm -hmm. uh, was an encounter that led to conversion. Okay. So there's a big difference between the encounter I had as an eight-year-old or a 15-year-old mm -hmm. and the encounter I had as a 21-year-old. Yeah. So it, it sounds like the encounter is almost the, the, the dates where you're going with Angel. It's an encounter with Angel, but the, the conversion is the, that moment where it's like, you know, I do like we're in this together. Like I choose you above anyone above into the exclusion of anyone else. Uh, and in, sounds like in a similar way for us, we can have encounters with God, throughout our lives at many different points but until we make until we have that active decision of like okay christ i choose you i want to make you the center of my life the conversion hasn't happened even though the encounters may be there yeah I, again um, we're, we're talking about um 
we're talking about something that has huge ramifications, mm-hmm. and the church has discussed this. So I don't want to just say, yeah, this is what the church teaches. I'm more just opening up the discussion. Yeah. I really want to talk about you know, conversion, what do we mean by that? And mm-hmm. so I'm just putting forth this idea that we need to separate, like, for example, conversion and ongoing conversion. Yes. You know, these have to be discussed. I'm not saying, again, I don't want to, st- I want to stress that I'm not saying that I know for sure. Mm-hmm. But my experience and, and my study and and my reflection and in this book puts forth an idea. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of, begins of the discussion, the real discussion of what needs to be talked about in regards to the encounters prior to the conversion. Mm -hmm. In the book, I talk quite a bit about, you know, uh, conversion, what, when we're talking about conversion, there are three things in play. Yes. And this is uh, something that Pope um, Benedict XVI talked about, but what, what needs to happen is that the intellect Mm-hmm. Meaning what I know about God, about this relationship, mm-hmm. um, how my heart, what I feel about this relationship, and then how I choose this relationship all have to come together. And, and the coming together of these three elements bring about uh, this com- uh, a real significant, life-changing, transforming mm-hmm conversion. Mm-hmm. And the same thing, again, I just want to go back to marriage. You know, I had to bring these three elements together, meaning my heart had to be captured by Angel. Yeah. But my intellect was, I played a huge role, meaning, is this a woman I want to spend the rest of my life with? Mm-hmm. Okay. By saying yes, I'm actually saying yes to good times and bad times. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm going to have to share, you know, um, my finances, I have to share my room, mm-hmm. I have to, uh, you know, share my tothbrush. Well, no, that's, I want to share Anshay's toothbrush, but um, she doesn't. That's how much you love that, her. Yeah, yeah, there's a line I've just crossed. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, there's there's changes that are going to have mm-hmm. to happen. So my intellect is, is at least I'm understanding what I'm yeah. getting into. But the third element, which is extremely important, is the choice, the, mm-hmm. the decision. The church recognized how important that choice is. And, and it's all, when we talk about the sacrament of marriage, that's a celebration of the, of the mm-hmm. choice, the decision. Yeah. That's what we're, we're celebrating. But the heart and the intellect are kind of understood that they're part of this package. Yeah. Unfortunately, today, we would we would somehow separate those. You know, we, I'm going to live together to discover yeah, if, wh- if this whether is, this is the right one. Like exactly. It's part of the process. Yeah. No, and I, th- I think it's a very interesting point that you mentioned that the church today, we, um, we celebrate and uh, we recognize that choice, particularly within marriage. Like um, I know for myself, when I got married, that whole day was a celebration. Like the, there's the nerves leading up. Then there's the moment that you actually, you stand in front and you make your vows and you feel the weight of the commitment that you're making, but at the same time, the great joy. And then afterwards it's a celebration and the whole community gets together and celebrates with conversion. Why do you think there isn't that same celebration? Why do you think that we don't have that same sense of like, Hey, Gerhard just had a conversion everyone let's get together and let's celebrate like let's let's do something great to celebrate it seems it seems like when someone has a conversion it's like oh okay great like you know good luck with the rest of your life you know see you later 
Yeah, well, that's that's a point of this book is um, let's start um, recognizing how important, how mm. significant, how essential conversion is to the Christian life. Yeah. It's not a cultural um, experience. Mm -hmm. you know, we aren't living a certain a lifestyle of ethics and, you know, um, a, a certain worldview. I mean, those are part of it. Mm -hmm. But Christianity is a faith that is inviting us into a conversion or a relationship. That's why Jesus came into the world. He didn't come just to show us. He did show us how to live, mm -hmm. but he came to be present with us so that we could be in relationship, a restored relationship with him. The death and resurrection is all about restoration. You know, man and God coming together and being in now in a relationship that not just kind of a, you know, I'm not just trying to be spiritual here and saying, okay, we're, we're you know, like, you know, we're kind of close to God and we're living kind of in the church and, you know, I feel spiritual sometimes. No, I mean, that's good, yeah. but we're talking about a relationship kind of like marriage that changes the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I don't think we, we recognize the significance of that encounter, that conversion. We just think it's kind of osmosis. It just happens part of culture. It's part of what we do. The liturgy comes and goes. You, you, you know. catch it like a cold in the, in uh, Yeah, September. there it is. Yeah. And because we don't really understand conversion, I mean, there hasn't been a really good conversation about mm. it. Have I had one? Have you had one? If I want one, how do I have yeah. it? You know, I don't think we've talked about it. So now it's just something that a few people in the past, or somebody in Europe, some saint in heaven yeah. can have access to conversion. Mm -hmm. Most of us, we just kind of go through the day-to-day -day routine of trying to measure up to God. I heard something really really profound um, is that we tend um, to think that um, I sacrifice, the Christian life is to sacrifice in order to appease God. Mm -hmm. But the Christian message is really God sacrifices to appease us. Mm -hmm. So Christianity is all about allowing God to love us, to appease us, to, to restore us. We haven't talked about that mm -hmm. in such a way that we understand it. So if this encounter, this conversion happens, meaning God comes to us mm -hmm. and changes our lives, if we don't understand that, we'll never be able to celebrate it because it's always kind of be mysterious. Yeah. It'll be kind of inaccessible. Mm -hmm. And so the reason we're not talking or celebrating is because I think we don't understand what we're celebrating. Yeah. Um, Protestants have done a great job of really, really honing in on conversion, mm -hmm. on entering into a personal relationship. relationship. They talk about born again. Yeah. We always, our, our, the Catholic response is, well, we're born again at baptism, uh, which I agree. Yeah. But they, they've been able to capture this moment of conversion mm -hmm. and celebrate it and support it. Um, until we understand what conversion means for a Catholic, I think evangelization will always be elusive. It, it, it will never take hold yeah. of the life of a Catholic until we understand conversion. Because I learned this from the church, and in the book it really talks a lot about that, is that when we talk about evangelization, there are three kind of big pillars that okay. that define evangelization. The first is when we talk about evangelization, it's about proclaiming 
communicating the kerygma, the gospel, mm -hmm. Jesus. So uh, the church is saying evangelization is about communicating Jesus mm -hmm. to the world, to, to the, uh, proposing um, a relationship with God. Okay, so Jesus. how would someone do that? Like the kerygma, what is it? How do you share it? Like why is that different than we what many churches here in North America and around the world do for evangelization? Like what what makes a kerygma special? Well, I'm, I'm, uh, that's a really good question, but I, what I'd like to do is look at those three points. Okay. Um, those three pillars. We'll circle and then, back. Yeah, we'll circle back. So it's a kerygma. It's, it's being able to communicate as um, uh, Pope Francis talks about, the gospel should be on the lips of all catechists, meaning all Christians should be able to communicate it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's the first pillar. Mm -hmm. But the, the third pillar, I'm going to skip over to the second one. The, the third pillar is the goal of evangelization, a proclamation, is conversion. Mm -hmm. So the church is very clear on why we propose Jesus is because he will change your life. You, um, you were lost, well, now you'll be found. You know, mm. you're blind, but now you'll see. In, in the Gospels, we read it over and over again. Those people who encounter Christ, Matthew, his life was radically changed. That's what, you know, communicating Jesus will bring about a changed life. That's, that's a goal of proclamation. So if that's the truth, you know, the, the Gospel, you know, the charisma, Jesus, proclaimed in a, in a credible and a and filled with the Holy Spirit, brings about a changed life, a transformation. Um, that's kind of the, the bookends. Right in the middle is our, our job, mm -hmm. and that is to respond to the gospel, uh, you know, is to say yes to Jesus. It says, you know, I will adhere. Yes, this is what I want in my life. Intellectually, mm -hmm. my heart has been captured and now I'm going to allow my will to be given over. Mm -hmm. And when I say yes to him, that opens up to conversion. So the bridge from the kerygma to conversion is you and I saying yes to it. Mm -hmm. When we have a, a, an understanding of you know, evangelization in these terms, I think we'll start being, we'll start, we'll begin to recognize how accessible conversion is mm -hmm. and how we can actually in a coffee shop have a yeah. conversation with somebody, invite them to say yes. And we, we recognize that that yes is going to bring um, conversion. Mm -hmm. So conversion isn't as far, far off thing. It's, it's really hinged on inviting you to respond yeah. appropriately to Jesus' invitation, come mm -hmm. to me. Anyway. Yeah. So circling back, proclaiming the kerygma, what is that? And then how would we go about having that spiritual conversation with someone where we're sitting in a coffee shop, we both have a coffee and let's say I've been working with you. It's okay, Andre, like in my, in my head, it's like, I'm here. I'm going to make the big ask. Like, I want you to place Christ at the center of your life. How would the kerygma help me do that? And so what, what's the kerygma? How could I use the kerygma in a spiritual conversation? And how does it lead to that point of invitation and then from invitation to conversion? Well, that's a really good question. And again, that should be almost um, a whole program in itself, yes. you know. But when we're talking about um, conversion or um, the Christian dynamic, we're talking about relationship. Fundamentally, God came to us 
uh, to restore a relationship. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, relationship is something that we humans know how to do, don't we? Yeah. It's what we do. We might not do it well, but we we spend our life, we're social beings, and we're spending our lives mm-hmm. trying to develop relationships, doing way too much to break relationships yeah. or strain relationships. relationships. But we have an idea of, you know, as social beings, what it takes, yeah. okay? But we think in regards to God that it takes something other than what we know how to do. So we have to learn how to be spiritual in order to have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, uh, it's kind of the unapproachable light. And, and you know, we, we have to be overly spiritual person yeah, to be able to... your teeth really hard. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. I would think because we're created in the image and likeness of God, he put in us... Mm-hmm. Um, very much part of our, our our human existence, our anthropology, is to be able to know how to relate to him. Mm-hmm. And it's in the context, I think, of relationship. God came to have a relationship with us. So the first thing, you know, when you're talking about the kerygma, the first thing that needs to be communicated, and by the way, nobody, I'll just give you a, a little example. Okay. Somebody was talking to me and uh, they said, you know, Andre, um, you know, you work with university students and we know that university students are, you know, far away on the uh, periphery, not interested in the church. And so how do you reach that generation of people that aren't interested? And I go, well, before we talk about how we reach them, I think the premise has to be, we have to challenge the premise. You say that uh, young people or a lot of people are on the periphery not interested. I agree that a lot of people are not interested in institution. Mm-hmm. They're turned off by the doctrine and devotion and that which is demanded of them. But there is nobody on the planet Earth that would reject love, Yeah, that would say no to relationship. Mm-hmm. So the job, it's not that they're far off and not interested. I think the problem is that we've communicated um, a message that is not attractive, yeah. attracted, they're not attracted to. Mm-hmm. And so our message, our primary message, and, you know, this has been so resisted, and I don't know why, by so many, our simple message to the world is not what is expected of them and the, the you know, the, the, the institution yeah, and the culture. Yeah, exactly. Them, yeah. It should be just a simple message. Did you know that? God loves you and me, mm. and he created us to be in relationship with him. No one's going to, you know, just outright say, I am offended by what you just said. Yeah. They're going to be intrigued. Not everyone's going to want to talk about it. I'm not going to, I'm not naive here and think, oh, you just talk about love, everyone will come rushing. Mm. No, but it, it definitely is, you know, very disarming mm-hmm. when we just say love. Oh, okay, I can handle yeah, that. I can do that. I know it. So it has to start with love. But there's a reality that the world is not in the midst of a love fest with us and God. I mean, there's a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, division and brokenness and pain and God seems far away and, yeah. you know, uh, separated from our experience. Well, this is where uh, we need to talk about sin. Mm-hmm. And But sin not as a, a message of judgment, meaning you're a sinner because yeah, you know, you drink you're you drink beer. Yeah. Oh man, I'd be in trouble. Yeah, you know, or you know, you're a sinner because you swore or watch, you know, um I don't know, what would be a bad Simpsons. Uh, I don't know. What's a bad show today? Uh 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's where I'm that at. One, I, yeah. I don't watch TV. <laughs> I don't watch TV. Um, but so I judge you based on your behaviors. Rather than communicate judgment mm-hmm. of the behaviors, let's talk to them in regards to, again, in regards to relationship. Did you know that um, anything we do in relationship that doesn't perfectly lay down our life for that person or really love them by sacrificing everything for them, it compromises the relationship. Meaning, Mm -hmm. if I am not honest to you, it's going to have an effect on the relationship. So Mm -hmm. if I don't love you and lay down my life perfectly, it's going to have negative effects. Mm -hmm. So we know that how we behave in a relationship has consequences for the good or the bad. So... In regards to sin, we're really talking about how do we treat God? Do we love him? Do we lay down our lives? Uh, Do we really give ourselves to him and to each other? And we'd have to say, probably not. You know, I don't love love my wife the way I love her. Uh, I should be loving her, Mm -hmm. what I committed myself to. So anything I do that's not loving her perfectly Mm -hmm. affects the relationship negatively. So when we're talking about sin, we're really talking about People that have not loved perfectly God and others, mm-hmm. which means there's a negative impact, meaning our relationship is severed somehow. Yeah. So when we talk about our relationship with each other and God, the problem is that we have not loved God perfectly. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I'm one of them. I think we can all raise our hands. I think we all can say that, okay, I guess I, I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. So that means we're a sinner. We sinned. So that's really important. And boy, people understand it in that context. They identify. They say, okay, I'm just like, yeah, I guess I'm a sinner, you know. Mm -hmm. And that sin has a negative consequence. But this is where Jesus comes into play. And again, I'm just rushing through this very quickly. Jesus came into the world, who is love, by the way, Mm -hmm. came into the world to love for us perfectly. Mm -hmm. So he loved perfectly. He responded to you and I perfectly. And to the Father's love perfectly, to the Father's will. He lived perfectly. Mm-hmm. He loved, sacrificed, and we see it on the cross. He completely, what greater love we can have for a friend that lay down, what greater love than lay down our lives yeah. for a friend? Jesus did that. But not only did he do that for, you know, just as an example, you know, as somebody that loving perfectly, but what he did is he took our sins upon himself. He became the perfect sacrifice for you and I, Mm -hmm. meaning our failures, he took upon himself. He carried the weight of all those failures that not loving perfectly upon Mm -hmm. himself and reconciled us, meaning the only way, if you and I have a strained relationship because I didn't love you perfectly, the only way I can return that, restore that relationship mm-hmm. by saying, sorry, mm-hmm. and you've forgiven me. Huh? Yeah. Then when we forgive, we hug, and that's why marriage is great. You, you know, practice a that a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll tell you, we love perfectly after a fight. Yeah, that's very we? true. Yeah. Um, so uh, Jesus did it. He took it upon himself, making it possible for you and I these sins, mm. these areas, not loving perfectly, um, we'll never be able to do it in our human condition, but he made it possible for us to be reconciled back, meaning it's it's not sin or um, that has separated me from God. So he reconciled us back. Mm-hmm. So he restored the relationship. Yeah. But in any, 
so that's that's the third point is that Jesus came to restore the relationship. But the fourth is the role I play. He might have done all these things. Mm -hmm. He loved perfectly. He laid down his life for us, took all the sins upon his shoulders, died and rose again. You know, this great mystery of the faith. Mm -hmm. It's all about relationship. Well, I mean, this is what he did. But in any relationship, you know, you know, it, it's both ways. You know, I can love you, you know, yeah. forever. But eventually, you're going to have to return that love for that for our relationship to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. we all know those unrequited love stories yeah. and media exactly. books and all of that. Yeah, so, never end well. Exactly. So my wife and I, we had to say yes to each other mm -hmm. um, for for that restoration to happen, yeah. for that that union to happen. And so that's the charisma, you know, and it's all. They, it's not a bunch of you know theological statements, yeah. but they're they're really a story, a love story, mm -hmm. a relationship, and you know what? It's very attractive, very soft, and and um, very um, appealing it, it, to yeah, a periphery. It's very, dis it's very disarming, like, isn't it? When huh? you hear it, it, a lot of those walls that are up of like, oh, I don't want, like, I don't want to hear those rules. Like, sorry, man, like I'm not interested. But those walls go down. It's like really, like that. That's for me. Like, yeah, I can, I can see myself. Wanting that, desiring that, wanting to know more about it, and then eventually to the point of like, yeah, I choose that. I just need to uh, get the last word. I it's just want yours. everyone uh, just to remind each of you out there that um, this is not the real me. This is the expression of what's inside of me. Know that <clears throat> this is the true me. So more sacramental t-shirts for Andre. Yes. Thanks for joining us today as we took a look at Clear and Simple, how to have conversations that lead to conversion. If you're interested in ordering Clear and Simple, please visit our online store, store.cco.ca, and you'll find it in the book section. If you have any questions, comments, queries, quandaries, conundrums, or otherwise, please email us at podcast at cco.ca. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share us with your friends. Once again, I'm your host, Gerhard, and you're listening to the Missionary Disciple Podcast by Catholic Christian Airreach. Until next time, God bless.